Well, yeah, I imagine there's going to be like a... <laughs> okay, the count-in is three, two, one. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Conversations with Chloe podcast. My name is Chloe, and today I'm going to be discussing artificial intelligence with my friend, Brendan. Hi, Brendan. Hi, Chloe. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Very excited. Thank I'm you for having me. very, very happy that you're my first guest on this podcast. <laughs> the maiden voyage. And <laughs> that's, isn't that There's the a lack of champagne against hulls, though. Yeah. Is that a thing for podcasts? Well, I can get some. No, let's keep the budget low. <laughs> the first one, starting off. Um, so you and I both just dabble in this topic quite a bit, and we like to just talk about current events and future prospects. Among uh, many topics, I should say. Among many, yes. Um, but I was just wondering, first of all, what piqued your interest in this topic, and also what do you kind of already know about it or like about it? It's a good question. I think the fact that you offered a spot on your podcast for me to talk about definitely <laughs> piqued my interest as a lifelong podcast devourer. Uh, but I think it, I try to digest a lot. And in trying to digest a lot about technology and current events, it's kind of hard to not engage with this topic. I find that it just seems to be like seeping into whatever I read about or whatever I hear about or... Um, the next big breakthroughs are waiting or hinting at the kind of like the cusp of the singularity with regards to AI. So the more you see that on the horizon, the more you kind of think, especially as a, like a history teacher and a, a student of history, you think, okay, if that's on the horizon, what do I need to know about how we got there? And like, I'm by no means, well, I warned you I was going to say this, but I'm by no means an expert. I'd say that I have a lot of opinions and I digest a lot of pop culture, but I'm by no means like a scholar on the latest AI developments. Which is fine, but I'm sure being an avid, you know, media person, you have you obviously know like some of the main AI in fiction, like Jarvis, Chappie, Skynet, R2D2, Hal. Like these are the main um, fictional characters that people bring up or reference to as oh one day we'll be there or that is the singularity but do you think that we've got gotten to that point already in 2019 or do you think we're still a little bit far off from those like that kind of consciousness or that kind of capability that's hard to say the one that really like piques my interest the two that really pique my interest is Deckard from Blade Runner Oh, yeah. Where like, which I don't know if you'd call it. Well, you definitely call it AI because it's a synthetic human, but something that is so, so human that it starts to have the same like existential crises that humans have, which that movie explores. If you, like those of you that are listening and I'm not seeing it, like just stop. <laughs> don't stop. <laughs> Go and listen to or sorry, watch Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2044. What is it? 20, 20, 20, 20, 2044 or whatever. I don't know. Harrison Ford, still killing it. Yeah. Ryan Gosling, <laughs> just national treasure. <laughs> you go and listen, you go and watch that and you really think about what this movie is suggesting. It's suggesting that these synthetic humans with synthetic minds that are so, they're so human that they're more human in thinking about their existential crisis. Yeah. And that's just so fascinating. And then I think the second one would be David from the alien, the new oh. aliens. So mm -hmm. Prometheus and alien. And mm -hmm. it's like a, that's kind of the other side of the coin where Deckard really has like a soul. Yeah. And that's the question that he really grapples with where David knows he's a tool and then uses that, that his knowledge of humans to kind of subvert expectations yeah. in a very sinister. Well, it's not really sinister. It's like a, a very kind of, like logical kind of Spockian way. Yes. But to us comes across as very sinister. And that's, those are the two ones that I look at. I'm like, okay, one half, very interesting and cool. I mean, I think Blade Runner puts out like this very neo future that you could definitely <laughs> see yes. in a lot of ways. And then there's the, the David future, which especially when you start to think about like interstellar travel, or you start to think the like colonies on Mars or stuff like that, which is like very scary. I think. I know. Like, yeah, it's that movie, like, oh my God, my movie knowledge is coming in. But if you also want to stop this podcast, go and watch the trailer for Alien Covenant where they have a mock commercial for the new David system, the artificial intelligence. 
and it looks like a commercial for like a robot that you could buy. Yeah. And it's really, really creepy. Yeah. And speaking of robots you can buy, you know, we were just watching um, Boston Dynamics just just released like two days ago. So today's the 26th of September. Two days ago on the 24th, it's trending on YouTube. There are two robots, Atlas and Spot, that are, the, the, yes, those are the robotic systems. But if you just put in the AI software that you're talking about with like, um, like David or whatever, you're like, well, that's a war robot. That's definitely a war yeah. robot for sure. Going to use, going to be used for malevolent purposes. Well, yeah, I know everybody makes the jokes like, "Oh, I welcome our robot overlords," but <laughs> the road to that is so. We were talking about this earlier. Is so piecemeal that it's probably not going to be Boston Dynamics coming out and being like, you know, guess what? <laughs> like we gave robots guns. I think it's going to be quite more. Like AI is going to find itself into systems kind of like it's wormed into like the, the advent of the computer making its way into war is a similar story where suddenly you have a computer that can the enigma um yeah the story of enigma which is now i think more in the conversation because of the hit movie imitation game with benedict cumberbatch um <laughs> he i think like that that movie brings up a good point it's like we with this advent of technology decisions become in some ways easier but in some ways harder and when you bring ai into a war that is suddenly going like as an example and this is not grounded in truth but it is if you bring an ai system that automatically selects and deduces what the best targets are based on what your input is you are relinquishing your ability to you know think as a human both literally and figuratively yeah so that kind of takes it into a further context. Like if computers can do what humans can do faster and cheaper, you know, you can extend that theory to what would happen to our current, like under our current political and economic order. If, if humanity no longer has that purpose anymore of doing things and controlling things and making those human decisions, how, how far does our mortality go then? Where, where do we accept um, our moral responsibilities. Like, like what is, uh, so essentially the question synthesized is just what is our place when AI becomes, when we hit the singularity? Yeah. Because I don't think you can outsource human morality. You're, well, yeah. And if you'd ask the planet, the planet's probably like, good, get rid of them. Cause frankly, they've been a, an absolute catastrophe for the last, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, thousands of years perhaps, but for the great many thousands of years, we haven't altered food chains quite like we have or the global climate. Yada, yeah. Yada, yada. Um, but it's a, it's a good question that actually, frankly, like for a podcast, that's an interview about and asking questions. It does not have an answer. And the, the answer really is like, you know, we'll be here to be human, whatever that means. Yeah. And the, the that, that gets into a conversation about like, okay, well, what does it mean to be human? And it's like, okay, like how many hours do you have for a podcast? <laughs> can, a, can a robot, can an AI do art? Yeah, a robot can, uh, an AI can actually do art. Yeah, there. it's the capabilities that um, ARA and machine learning software and then obviously extended with robotics attached to it is able to do is continually growing. And, you know, there's this pivotal line when our narrow intelligence, which is basically you give the computer a task and it just performs that task to artificial general intelligence when it's able to subconsciously or consciously, or I know I'm using that word, yeah, I'm throwing like, it out too easily, weird, but. Yeah. And you know what's weird is like the nomenclature for that subconscious and conscious. I know. Just wouldn't exist because it would be all, well, I mean, this is coming from my understanding of, of AI and that phrase will come up a lot, but the does that exist in AI? Like conscious and subconscious? Well, it is all one. Okay, so this guy, Sam Harris, uh, this is what he brought up. You know, our brains are just made up of atoms, right? It's just a bunch of molecules mm -hmm. and we have these neural connections and we're able to have thought. But we philosophically believe in a soul, let's say, or the subconscious or yeah. the conscious. The and je ne sais quoi of, of being human. Right. And if we're just creating... Um, a, a machine version of that 
and those are still made up of atoms and they are still going to have millions they are will be able to have millions and trillions of connect like connections and pathways and circuits is that not fundamentally the exact same thing so that the, whether or not human not human that's no longer a question he's more so saying that where is our role of being responsible so that we do not allow for this but basically we're we don't want to create something that is higher than us on a food chain because i'm not saying that they're going to eat us but no will they kill us technologically they are higher on the food chain Uh, it's it's such an interesting query because because again it, it comes back to that like so when we started to think about like where is the seat of consciousness that discussion took a great many forms over the decades and still does and now you think about a robot it's like yeah it's made up of really in, in all essence the same constituent parts it's like you replace the brain's pathways and and yeah. the plastics of that for the the machine of of ai whatever that may take and you think okay if it's running these same you know if it walks like a dog talks like a dog looks like a dog it is a dog but we'll never be able to be inside that machine to say whether or not it has consciousness. We will just be able to observe its its patterns and effects and how it interacts with the world, which in a really strange way is the same way that we all interact. Like we could say, yeah. you know, you see like the darkest, spookiest criminals and you go like, what are they thinking? Or like, what's going on inside their head? I do it with my girlfriend all the time. Not that she's like, <laughs> I should, I should really like, <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't have butt those up together. Yeah. <laughs> but you do it all the time. Like you think like, what is going on in your head? And uh, then in, a, in, a, in the same way, it's like we will actually never, ever know ever. And that's kind of like, I guess, a mentality that you'll take into, we will take into AI when the singularity comes. When that will be, it's kind of touch back to that, like that initial question that I think we kind of mulled over. It's like, oh man, how do you, how do you possibly ever predict how fast something is going to happen nowadays we were just talking about moore's law earlier well with so okay if we're gonna accept moore's law in this particular example do you not for me i then feel urgency do, do you so, not feel like i i feel panic i feel like okay come on humans we need we need to get on this we need to start creating ethics and principles and guidelines and standards and practices mm-hmm. and yet i i really don't feel that cohesion worldwide like i really don't feel that i mean what really is it cohesion there worldwide i, I don't know much but i and i know you're like i know this podcast assumes that people are red but for those of them that don't know like what are we talking about we're talking about um the singularity and we all know that they've they understand those concepts well you know if someone wants to you know ask me questions or you know figure out exactly what we're talking about you can go ahead and you know put post anything on that's a lot of googling anything of my socials but yeah i'm assuming that people understand the basics of ai i mean if you have an iphone or sorry if you have a smartphone in general then I think you understand, mm-hmm. you know, on a, on a, even just a basic level that yeah. um, artificial intelligence and machine learning is basically an algorithm. It's just a mathematical equation that is programmed and now it is becoming smarter because the machine is starting to train itself based on a whole bunch of data sets. Yeah. So bef- Ad nauseum. It, yeah. And yeah. On, yeah. You know, and yeah. It, it's, it's so, yeah, we can talk about, we can go in depth here a little bit and say, yes, we know that there's speech recognition, handwriting mm-hmm. recognition. Mm-hmm. We can have a computer that was before could not recognize faces can now create artificial faces and like that don't even exist, but it's be mm-hmm. able, it can form it as you but said. could exist. Yeah. yeah, but could exist. So Moore's law, I think for those that don't know is so important to this conversation because like whether you like just the fact that you're listening to this on an iPhone that has now what 11 series under its belts is a testament to Moore's law. Yeah. That everything is technology is, is, becoming more advanced at an exponential rate. And I think, especially with AI, like, so to circle back to your question, like, and do I lie awake at night and sweat? Yeah. Um, But that's also because, (laughs) because I have a condition. No, it's because I have, it's because your fans. I can't go to sleep without the fan. Um, It's, I think it's also because of a whole bunch of other things. And, and in a weird way, 
AI is is one of those things that I certainly think about, especially when you hear about Google Echo, where there's a you know there was that whole controversy over. Well, some people will still contest that their phone is listening to them. Right, it's not true. It's just because AI is so good in your phone. It's good at pre- so it's, I think it's very clear exactly, to it's yeah. good at prediction. I it think is, that's what we need to remember. It's it is so, so good, good at, that it makes you think that it's listening to you, and that also plays into your fears of AI, right? Which is kind of a, a negative feedback loop. Re- regardless of that, like, do I do I worry about it? Yeah, because especially as a student of history, and we were talking about this before, like, it, we have a, a notorious bad the notoriously bad streak of thinking about these things and not being able to plan how they're going to be used like the advent of the car is a perfect example like right. like right. do you know how many how many trial runs we had to go through to think of like crosswalk think of all the infrastructure that comes around a car right windshield wipers weren't a thing until seat the belts airbags like um stop lights it just goes on and on now and on. think about something that's connected via 5g network a network that includes the, the internet of things, your toothbrush, your fridge, your everything. Your health it's, records. Exactly. Your it's, history. So when that, when that, I, I want to say wellspring, but it's, it's more just like an ocean of information is now at the hands of a singularity or close to singularity because we haven't reached it and it's still amazing. Right. It, it just, yeah, that's really spooky. So that that feeling that you have and the feeling that some people share or some people don't have my question maybe now is not so emotional based on a logical you know logical train of thought do you think that we should be putting in ethics behind what we're creating regardless of what country you live in absolutely i think the i think the the trajectory is is has kind of been laid out, like the rockets on the platform, and we know kind of where we're headed. Like whether you whether you want to reference pop culture, whether you want to reference the facts and the 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 kind of the daily well daily, but the if you kind of had a, a presentation every year of like this is where we got with robotics and AI, and five G and interconnectedness and the Internet of Things, you would definitely be able to see a trajectory about what life is to be expected for the next year or the next maybe five years. I think, you know, people looking back at the cell phone, <laughs> like the fact that they were looking at, at Star Trek and going, whoa, wouldn't it be cool if we had those communicators? And then like we had them and they're everywhere. They're ubiquitous. Right. In fact, our world doesn't run unless these things are carrying with them their power. So, right. You know, we, we look fanciful and say like, you know, yeah, yeah, we, we all get those technological innovations and yeah, now we've got carbon fiber in cars when it was used to be like a closely guarded military secret. And I just think it's foolish not to think what are going to be the implications of, and most people agree, is going to be perhaps the largest scientific breakthrough apart from like finding life on other planets or right. getting someone to Mars. Like, this is going to be it. So if 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 that's how you think, don't you think that then there's going to be more wealth inequality, there's going to be more unemployment, and there is the possibility of species extinction? Well, yeah. But I think... <laughs> I think there's, like, there's so much that's going to attribute to the extinction of our species that, like, if I were to think about it, I, this sleep would not come to me. I wouldn't be able to function in a day. I'd be waiting for the robots to take over. But with regards to the job loss, that's a really, that is probably the biggest talking point when it comes to AI, isn't it? Well, so I've actually had this conversation with a lot of people because they first, first, when I initially started asking people about job loss, it was always, well, no, no, it's it's not going to be job loss. It's going to be job redesign so that humans are going to be taking over the more human part of the job and the more computational stuff, the computer will be taking over. And I said, okay, I understand that. But now the tune is kind of changing because computers can start to do even the more human stuff than humans, which I know people are like, Chloe, that's, you're stretching, but I'm not because when you talk about someone who you assume should have a lot of more human skills for example let's say a doctor like that profession Hmm. 
I was just thinking of that. And, you know, um, doctors have to spend years studying and getting better and over time taking more cases and learning as they go. Let's say upwards of 30 years. Um, And now we have machines that can not only diagnose more accurately so that the threshold is usually about 5% error rate. They beat doctors, even specialists like um, ophthalmological oncologists and dermatologists, like, um, um, yeah, dermatologists who have to detect skin cancer. The computer, the algorithm, the software is better at diagnosing because of the imaging capabilities. So now you have to ask yourself if, uh, if, if it's more accurate at doing that, at doing that job, do you still need the doctor in the room to tell you, hey, this is what you have? Hmm. I mean, first of all, if a, if a robot dentist ever comes near my mouth, <laughs> there will be hell to pay. <laughs> like, there's no future where I'm sitting in a dentist chair looking at Hal 3000, who's about to just rob me of my dignity. So... It's You're not going to happen. You're going to listen to this one It's day. not going to happen. You're going to listen back. Yeah, I'm going to listen when back. You're and years like, old. Yeah, where I'm getting a root canal. I'm like, boy, he sure was gentle today, wasn't he? I just, oh my you know, I, I, you know, and there's a lot of, po- you know, and actually, you know, I'm starting to come around on this topic because there's a lot of positives to that. I don't get to talk with my teeth, with my mouth full because he's not going to ask those dopey questions like, oh, yeah, how was your holidays? Like, yeah. Uh, like. As your mouth is open, he can't answer. So, so for the first part of the question, like. I I personally think I'm part of what I would consider like an AI I proof job. Um, it will it will repel AI for as long as possible. But then, lo and behold, I get an article just the other day about how you know the the online learning and the the way that AI systems will be able to tailor learning for the student made me think. Great, can't <laughs> wait to join like you know the unpopulated masses in the metal mines. Like, can't wait. But. So I, I heard a story the last year. The robots are better yeah. in the metal mines too, no. Brendan. <laughs> they're they're yeah, just going to well, send in see spot. See there, yeah. See <laughs> there. Yeah. So what do we do? Just lounge? Super cool. Yeah. It'll, you be, like other... Ali- it'll be like Elysium. We'll go up to a ring planet. Elysium. I feel like it's going to be like Burning Man everywhere. It's going to be nuts. No, I there's none of drugs to go around. Um, <laughs> I I really do. I really do. Th- and this I heard this story last year and it really made me think. It was a story about the stethoscope around doctors and your, your comment made me think of this doctors don't need a stethoscope when they come in to do a checkup they don't they come in a lot of them are using ai based or image based databases that are giving them information about diagnosis there's tons of there's apps now mm-hmm. and systems that will help them do that because accuracy is important there was the story was why do doctors still have the stethoscope and i i for the life of me i can't remember what podcast it was but it was fascinating. It might have been 99% invisible. And it was talking about this need, this inability for people to let go of the human interaction that satisfies them at a doctor's visit. And the, the reassurance that they have from even this uncomfortable but physical touch that happens with the stethoscope check. And like I going from my checkups, the, the, I can't remember the last time I've not had the stethoscope put towards my back to check my breathing and my lung capacity. And I'll, I'm sure a lot of people are nodding along like, oh yeah, they still do that. Why do they do that? Do I know where they're putting it on my back? Of course not. Do I know why they're doing it? Of course not. But I know that I'm going to be asked to lift my shirt. I'm going to be asked, they're probably going to take, you know, measurements of my abdomen and my back to see how my, my, my whole core is doing. That, I think perhaps when we talk about AI, and this is the other side of the coin for me, is we we underestimate the value of human-to-human interaction in a way that some people really resonate with and in, in a way that I think people are going to have to learn the hard way, especially the generation that's coming up that perhaps, and this is not like every generation thinks the generation underneath them is coming up is going to be terrible but this one legitimately i'm just kidding it's not (laughs) it's just that this is the first generation and this is factual that that is growing up with such a presence online yes in a synthetic world yes and that's scary and it it is it's super scary but it's also like they've they've also led this generation to amazing things like their their ability to to harness a technology for some and the, but there's also a whole you know other side of that that it's their inability with all this interconnectedness to be so enclosed in an echo chamber um 
And something that I remind my students all the time is, you know, you don't realize it, but this AI program might be working against you or your YouTube recommendations are working against you because it's feeding you what you what it thinks that you need and want. And sometimes that that shuts down doors and opinions from from completely valid other sources. Look at politics now. Yes. It's not that's am I sitting here saying that it's all because of technology? No. What I'm saying is that human to human interaction, I think perhaps we'll have a kind of a renaissance. Well, you know? that's, is it going to be grandfathered out? I don't know. I boycott, I boycott sometimes. I boycott the machines that are self-serve. And that's my little protest. Like when I go to McDonald's, me and my girlfriend will go to McDonald's. Yeah. Judge me for their egg McMuffins. <laughs> judging, They're delicious. I'm judging They're all delicious. day over here. <laughs> it's called greasy breakfast. And sometimes we wake up and we're on a road trip and you know what? We earned it. So we go and, but we, I don't think we've ever, ever, ever maybe once ever order from the kiosks that take away from someone's job. And that's not because we are halting the robot overlords. That's because I would rather talk to someone in the morning or I'd rather be able to see the people work. Okay. Flip side. Do you not get a little bit of like the feeling of God, just like why when someone comes into Starbucks and their drinks already ready and they leave, Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm like I'm like that. I'm like, why didn't I do that? Now I gotta wait in line for human interaction. I, I'm strange like that. Like there's there's a ritual to me getting coffee that that cannot be interrupted. And like, like standing in line and thinking about what I want. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll mix it up today. And you end up getting the same thing. Like, <laughs> I there, you know, I'm not going in it. You know, like I'll, I'll put it this way. Like, remember when like, I don't know if it's just me, but you hear stories of like Japan has convenience like kiosks and vending machines for everything. Yes. And everybody's like, well, that'll be really cool. Yeah. Would it like personally, I like to have funny interactions with people or sometimes you meet really interesting people or, you know, it just, when I see someone working at a counter, I see someone making my meals. There's, there's no like behind the curtain. I'd, I'd rather not put my token in, and just know that it's coming out in two minutes, even if that means it's faster. Like yeah. you're, you're part of a restaurant, you're part of a cafe, part of the experience is watching the barista make your stuff. Like, And these are micro experiences, but I think it touches on something bigger where even if we're not expressing it, we 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 as a, as a race, that's a big word for this, but as a, <laughs> as like a, as a species are like, like radiating this need to have physical interaction. That's why people go and work at Starbucks. That's well, why all these screenwriters work at Starbucks because course. they, they want to be seen <laughs> and, and that's be why seen, actors right? are all uh, waiters, waitresses. Exactly right? Of course, they definitely want that. That it's a hard, that hits a soft spot right there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but so I think that there are people that I could ask that's that same philosophy to who would have a completely different viewpoint on it. Absolutely. And they might have very strong um, and logical explanations as to why they believe that we don't need to have that physical interaction or communication with another human and that our role is something else. But at what point, that's, that's where my question is going here. At what point do we say, no, that is the role of humans or no, that's not the role of humans anymore. Where are we drawing the line? Because if they are cheaper and faster, I am very scared that that industry, that business and industry is going to accept that over human principles. I just think that's going to happen. I, I just think that. And then I, what? And you're not going to go to McDonald's yeah. and Starbucks anymore? No, you're still going to go because well, you earned it. I did. But I think there, there will, and I don't know what it is, but I think there definitely will be a point where, it, you know, it, just so much of the population will be affected and like capital is it A or E? A. Verbiage. Right? Yeah. Affected. Mm-hmm. They're going to be capital <laughs> A, affected, right? Capital A. Affect is a verb. Effect is a noun. I hate That's the worst one. Affect that's why you're in history. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Let I think me call like, my friend. Yeah. She I honestly, teaches English. So there's a 30-second interval of just me like <laughs> trying to make a point in my speech. So I'm like, oh, my God. I'm not cut up for this podcast thing. Um Capital, there'll be there, so many people will be capital A affected, yes, or E, depending on if I'm right or wrong, um, <laughs> by just this influx of AI technology and the fact that the jobscape is altered. And really, like, 
when we're talking about jobscape, we're not just talking about like you have a job and you have a home. It's your it's your scape. Yes. The human landscape will be so transformed that you will not be able to come back from it. And I think the really scary point for me, like you talk about things that really freak you out. I'm worried that we'll hit that point without having given it great thought before we get to that that edge. And that scares me because it's so it, imagine having to rein that back in. Imagine having even I half can't. A, I can't Im- imagine exactly. That. Imagine having half a generation that you have to rein back in to to go back to. You know, I was reading the story in my book yesterday. Amazing book by Paul Gertner, who is writing about ice at the ends of the earth. He's writing about the. It's essentially a historiography of the expeditions on Greenland. And there's one story that really kind of I was thinking about this when we were getting into this podcast. He, uh, one of the expeditioners, I think it was. Wegener, who's a he was a German expeditioner who went across the middle of Greenland, one of the first guys. He um, it's almost impossible to get across this without without dealing with uh, the Inuit, what they called the Eskimo, uh, okay. the Inuit. Okay. Um, he married um, an Inuit and and then brought her back to Copenhagen, and he said that for the first little bit she was just like everything was a brand new shiny world to her. Imagine like the the whitest, most desolate place on earth, the, a place where you go blind from just being outside, to being in Copenhagen, which is a thriving at that point, you know, turn of the 20th century. Colorful. Colorful. Vibrant. You yeah. know, and, but then she fell into such a deep kind of unresponsive depression because everything was so easy. Hmm. She had, she had to work for nothing, you know, in when you're in Greenland, like everything is precious because everything takes energy. Yes. And everything came to her so easy that he, she battled with what she didn't know was just, just a, de- a debilitating depression. And I, I thought about that story and I thought, so let's say it comes into, into existence. And again, like we, we imagine these specters of how it'll look, but let's say it does and probably will based on the trend, make our lives incredibly easy in every aspect. Will that take away from the like je ne sais quoi of like my life in ways that like I don't think about? So I'm going to get my license renewed at the Ontario like licensing office or the government Ontario office. You know what? If any, I can do that. More than happy. <laughs> Big ten. But there's other things where like are you talking about your license plate sticker? Yeah, I'm talking. You can no, do that online. I'm talking about. Okay, oh. I made the wrong. I, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I knew it was wrong. Going in for like, what do you have to go in for? Your picture? Yeah, whatever. The picture. Like if an AI can take care of that problem for me and I can send in like like Brendan Bot to do it, more power to me. It's this like, when I think it becomes too easy, it's like, what are we living for? If if all of life is a vacation so, and there's no hardship, okay. then like. This is very interesting. Okay. I have this <laughs> talk. I have this talk with people. It, it happens to be men in my life, but I know that there are women that experience this as well who are newly retired. The mm-hmm. first two years are great and dandy and mm-hmm. they have a fantastic time. And then they have explained to me that they feel this kind of uselessness and they have no purpose because they identified so for so long as a worker. Mm-hmm. And that is where I kind of have the ability to understand where, where humanity might fall into that debilitating depression, because what else do you do with all your time? Yeah. Right. And it's having that identity, but the younger generation, which you were touching on, if they constantly are being reinforced with the idea of less communication is better and convenience is optimal then mm-hmm. they are, to me, a different subset of thinkers. They of live a different philosophy altogether. But that, so, and that, but the one thing that can ties together, and this is like, this is my history teacher coming out, is like, you need to the muscle that you need to concentrate on is your critical thinking. Like, I need you to think about what it, what is it going to be like when everything's too easy, or what is it going to be like when this machine knows more about you than you care to give out just because it's it's 
not listening, but it's it's basically taking in all the information that it's you are giving out. optimizing your data. Right? And it's also a positive feedback loop because there's more things that are gathering in, well, yes. in your information yes. and there's more danger because that information is being used to feed you, yada, yada, yada. And the cycle goes on and on. So think about, really think about, and this is the trope of history. It's like we think this invention really is the last perfect invention. And, but you really got to listen for those quiet voices like the Oppenheimers of the world who, who at, the, at, the, at the very zenith of these events are saying, this might be a problem. But we ha- like I said, we have a long track record of not <laughs> paying attention of, to yeah, those people. Of course. And like in my mind right now, as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, you know, it'd be great for someone to create right now ahead of the, ahead of the ball being thrown is places of zero connectivity where you have now gone. It's like Wonderland where right now we need experience and we need entertainment or we need to go to a theme park to get away and try something new. Well, I feel like that's what we're going to need to create. That's what is going to be created in terms of entertainment and authenticity. Come be human. You know, like those kind of amusement parks or theme parks. It's like a return to nature park. Yeah. It's like a return to nature kind of vibe. And I mean that, so that park does exist and it's called nature. Well, (laughs) and it's also, but it's on a serious note, like, so a recent fad that I've heard, I've, I I know exists is these adult, um, camps, adult camps where they, there's two rules. One, you can't have technology, which is fine. The second hardest rule, which I find very interesting is you can't say what you do. And that to me is, I was thinking about that. I was like, how many times has the conversation started where the first two things are like, hi, who are you? That's my name. What do you do? Yeah. Imagine taking that out of your introduction. What on you? Heaven forbid. You might actually have to observe and then identify and then discuss similarities or differences. That's really tricky. But you're touching on something where I think, I think the consciousness, there is a consciousness out there that is aware of this problem. Maybe they're aware of this problem and they don't apply it to AI. Yeah. But I think perhaps they will. Imagine the 5G network where everything in your house is connected. Scary, but yeah. Scary, but yeah. I think that's the I think that's the perfect phrase to sum up like <laughs> 99% of people. But, you know, how you act on that fear is is important because maybe not everybody takes, I know, not everybody takes a viewpoint that everything being easy is bad. I'm sure there's a whole subset of the population. I'm That's, that's my perspective as, you know, a, a fairly comfortable white cis male. Like that, that is a very unique perspective to take on that everything being easy. And that's something that, that you have to acknowledge really, because I'm, I'm sure AI has a lot of really positive effects for, for all types of demographics. However, if it's going to take away the jobs that need doing for the people who need jobs to, you know, build a life for themselves, that is certainly and you were saying about that like how we rethink um your sorry your phrase was how we redesign jobs yeah you know we're that we might be talking and i i'm assuming now but i we're talking as two people who are redesignable yes just based on our skill sets our education our 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 the way we've unfolded in the world yes and there are people who Perhaps, based, especially if you're talking to an AI or you're talking to people who work with AI who are less redesignable. And that's really scary when you think about it. Yeah. So. Well, that kind of like leads my next train of thought in how do you feel about not being able to understand the black boxes that are being created? That So here's a scenario. If we're creating these AI systems... And humans have biases. The AI system are going to have biases. And this is kind of the topic. This is the topic that this this lady brings up. I'm going to butcher her name. Her name is Zainab. Mm, nope, not going to say oh, her I last name. Oh, I love tricky names. Can I try? It's there. Oh, that is a doozy. Watch her last name. Be careful. So Zainab, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and again, this is coming from a place where like, if you're listening, we're so sorry. Your champagne is on the way. I'm going to go with Tefeki. Okay. 
but it could very well be Tefexi. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We solved it. Um, this is her. This is something she said in a TED talk. And by the way, if anybody wants to brush up on their TED talks, anywhere between 2014 until 2019 or till present, yeah, there's a lot of AI TED talks that have just been that, that have come out in the past five years. Yeah, brush twice daily. Yeah, exactly. If you want to, you know, catch up. Um, this is her. This is one of the questions she had in the context of hiring. So I, it was very interesting that I had to write it down. So I'm going to ask you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Imagine that you're a senior manager at an executive firm of, and you are the one responsible for hiring people. And what if, unbeknownst to you, you know, uh, your system is systematically weeding out people with high future likelihood of depression? What if it is weeding out women who are more likely to be pregnant in the next year or two, but are currently not pregnant? And what if it is hiring aggressive people because that is your workplace culture? And you could not tell by looking at your gender breakdowns, which may be balanced, in fact. But this black box, you do not know what your system is selecting on. You don't even know where to begin to look. So what safeguards could you then have in place to make sure that your black box isn't doing something shady? And I just want to say that this is only one example. This black box scenario could be, you know, spread across any domain, right? As human beings, us not being able to understand the black box, does that make you nervous? Does that, you know, like, yeah, but it it makes me nervous kind of in the same way that I think about what goes on behind like a lot of hiring practices and that I'll I'll explain it. Like, so we've assumed that we've built something that's as smart, if not smarter than a human in the same way that we can't actually look at the thinking process of a human how do you possibly build a system that has enough doors and windows and portholes to see into its thought process lowercase t thought process and that's pretty scary because once and this is like that old adage like once that bad mamma jam is out of the bag like you boy howdy you better learn what you're doing quick because that's not going to come back Mm -hmm. how do you unless you just unplug it Right. Which is such an interesting concept as well. I, I think the design of the system and this you're you're touching on like the safety and the pitfalls and the the dead switches that are gonna have to be programmed into these and increasingly ultra complex systems are going to have to be so pre-thought that it will take a monumental effort to sit down and think about these systems and worst part i think perhaps the scariest part you might have part of the world that's very on board for putting in safeguards and systems like that and you might have part of the world that is not like imagine a weaponized or a malevolent system that you know does this for something else that's far more devious can i think of an example no but but yeah even just using like (laughs) even just using like the words lethal autonomous weapons and whether or not humans stay in and out of the loop Currently, there is no anywhere in any of the world laws being created to, you know, have specific policy in preventing um, in preventing the use of those kinds of weapons. But that doesn't even really matter at the end of the day because they are going to be created. Mm-hmm. So there are people in the world, human beings, that believe it is perfectly acceptable to create this type of uh, computer Mm. to be used against other human beings. And that, that to me is just not, it's just like cheating. It's like a game of cheat that you're cheating. Why are we doing this to each other as human beings? It should just be, we should all be on the same playing field because otherwise it's, this is like a quote that my grandmother said, which is so funny. When two elephants get into a fight, it's this grass that gets trampled. Right. Like, and you're coming back to, and this is like now transcended the conversation of this is like ultimate equality. And how do you, AI certainly will not bring about that unless by chance, by chance, you design a perfect system that somehow has no regard for race, talent, um, like all, any possible axiom that you can measure humans are or the human experience on, it, it just has disregard for that and makes 
completely and utterly objective choices. And I, I don't know how, like, how can you possibly get that lucky? That's what I think about. Like, you kind of, in a way, you have to bring, like, a Fermi paradox into this. <laughs> like, like the, the equation yes. about how much, into, so that's the equation for how much in, intelligent life is in the universe. And it's a pretty basic equation, but it essentially it's a form of gates where, you know, the farther you go, the, the smaller the number becomes based on the information that you're putting in. And that's like, I think about that for AI, AGI, artificial general intelligence, where, okay, what are the chances that we're going to build something that is going to like have the best will of humans in mind? What are the chances that you're going to design something that is going to automatically just be very, um, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Something that's just going to just cut all the fat. It's going to be very, um, everybody collectively is screaming like this word, but something that's going to be very efficient, something that is going to just not think about the extraneous factors is just going to make the right decision based on the information that it is fed. What are the chances that it's going to be very compassionate and kind of, and we talked about this earlier, like it's going to have this strange kind of like existential mind that is going to, to kind of really connect with what it means to be human or, Mm -hmm. or in a really amazing cool case that I want to be there for and talk about would be like it, it knows it's not human. And what does it mean to be a non-human human thing? Yeah. You know that all those gates apply to like, what are the chances that we do this? And then we're also talking about something that we may, and this is kind of a weird thought after the, as we talk about this, like that may not happen. Like, and there's room to think that we may not get a pure singularity and it may just, and I think that's almost stranger to get a, just, just a huge bank of, I would call them like sieves that are just taking information and filtering it right. and redistributing it. And it may just stay at that, which is really, really impressive. The fact that we have these machines that are built into all these networks that do that. But it may just stay as that, and we may not go further than that. Like, I don't know. It's it's a very intriguing topic, and you can, you can continue to go on. I think through any area and talk about AI, whether it's philosophically, economically, um, no, you, you you can go on and on and on and on about it. But watching it play out in our lifetimes is the only way we're going to see what's going to happen, mm-hmm. and. You know, do I already want to start a protest for safe AI? Yeah, of course. But it it means nothing until there is actually a problem, unfortunately. And I mm-hmm. think the future of what we expect or what we want or how we want things to play out is only going to come with more people talking about this. Yeah, and I, I think it's like recognizing like where... Like, so your, your YouTube is not doing that magically. Like, and your, the autonomous, everybody goes AI, oh, autonomous cars or, or robots that are walking around like iRobot or something. It's like, yeah, well, that's, that's something, but think about systems that are gathering information and, and as an example, making inferences on where the most likely terrorist attack is going to happen. Yeah. Or where the most likely terrorist attack is going to spring from. Or it's, example, collecting data about the economies and it is automatically changing currencies. All these things are like 1,000% like doable mm-hmm. to build systems like that if people relinquish that duty to an AI. It's, it's, I think you're the first step to where you want people to be with protest signs is, or or signs of or our activism and where they're they're taking control or they're being democratic about how AI affects their lives, capital A. Um, <laughs> you, it's be, it's being informed, and that's but that's been the plight of of so many problems in the world. Like, I know I'm just it? tired. Yeah. Of, I'm just tired of hearing about them and watching them unfold, oh, and I then know. just sitting on the back burner, being like, okay, I knew this was going to happen, but. I did nothing about it. Yeah, but if we if we had to spread pamphlets about everything that people need to be more educated about, we wouldn't. There's not enough paper in the world to do that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It's AI is so interesting because I think, and I think one of the the interesting things about that debate in particular is that it does have this place in pop culture. Yes, in a way that 
perhaps gives it real believability and in other ways that it's like okay that's a little weird like the fact that all like a robot would go rogue like an irobot it's like well okay that makes for a good movie but i think the 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 movie deus ex machina or sorry ex machina not deus ex machina is such a powerful look at the real like that if you had said that was a documentary uh and obviously it's not because you can critically think about why it's not but it's so believable that this tycoon would pioneer the this system that is now going through its final tests, and the final test for it, it, its combat is to think: How can I really be human? What does it mean to love and to like live and to have a soul? I don't know. It's it the the two bookends of that pop culture reference that I think most people are getting most people are getting their their ideas about AI are so wildly different. Yeah. I just hope we get it at Wally. <laughs> oh, I hope we get it. I, I hope we get an I, Eva. I know. Whenever I do my research and that pops up somewhere, I'm like, yeah, that's. So if you could get one, you if want. you could get one robot from pop culture, what robot would you get? What AI system would you get? Oh, I love Jarvis. Oh, that is good. Yeah. And that's the like the wit. The wit is what yeah, I love. No, it's very good. Friday is also a good choice too. Yeah. Yeah. I I think like when you even when you think about those movies like that they play out a really interesting system like we've we've built a system that targets it projects and thinks about who is most likely to commit a crime and takes them up before it happens. Like that's really spooky. Yeah, it is spooky. But in a way, like I'm sure there's a lot of people or AI activists or people who are on the cutting edge of AI that's like, huh. That could be effective. Huh. A or E. Never thought about that. <laughs> Anyways. Jarvis, that's a good one. Yeah. Well, this has been a good talk. Thank you so much for being my first guest. Thank you so much for having me. Um, if anybody else wants to participate in the conversation, keep it going. You can find me on all socials. I'm not going to at all of them, but you can you know, just type in conversations with Chloe. You'll find me. <laughs> Um, you can find me too. I don't do yeah. a lot, but you can find me too. <laughs> We're going to leave it off with that. Thank you, everybody, if you have listened all the way through to the podcast to the end of it. And until next time, take it easy. Ciao.